Hello and welcome to another episode of Beth Pal Bam. As always, I'm your host Paul and joining me tonight and I'm going to go in order of what we're going to talk about. So first of all, Mr. Tony Bufton. Nice to see you. <laughs> Mr. Craig <laughs> Lucas is joining us once more. I'm trying to dance like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Joshua Riley. I'm just going to do the three claws thing, because that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. I'm, I'm, I'm not on whose line. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> so, as we said at the end of the last episode, um, we are going to do something a little bit different. With the lack of news at the moment, we can't really talk about any news. So, we decided we were all going to watch some poorly re- received superhero movies from (laughs) from over the years um so it was kind of it was craig's idea um and he went with the film that he he mentioned at the time that we'd been talking about um but we all we all picked a a film that we we'd seen but probably hadn't seen for a while um or tried to avoid for a while um so i'm going to start with the one that was released first and and that's you tony you you picked and you picked our only DC movie of the four. That's um, right, Which is yeah. a bit surprising. Um, considering, the stick, considering the stick we give them. Um, <laughs> the fact that we've only picked one DC movie out of the four is, is a bit surprising. So I, I, I'll hand over to you now, Tony, to uh, talk about your film. That's right. I went for 1997's Batman and Robin. And um, <laughs> it was an interesting afternoon this afternoon watching that again. Oh, um, I haven't seen it in years, and uh, I just forgotten how ropey it was at times. Actually, but it's a weird thing because the one, the one thing you notice about it is the color scheme. It's, uh, wow. it's all it's, over the place. It's so garish. It's horrible. It's yeah. it's like they went back to the sixties TV show. Yeah. So um. Cool. Right. Oh, just. <laughs> He's just adjusting himself. He's uh, he's sitting with no pants on at the minute. <laughs> Some, sorry about that. <laughs> Something cutting into my conversation with you guys. And apologies. Right, where was I? All right. Yeah. So that colour scheme was very much a Schumacher thing, wasn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. It was just he's sort of oh. But it's almost ugly at times. It's just too much going on. Um, and it's just this weird opening sequence as well, this opening section where they've even got bat skates. Oh. I'm sat there thinking, when do they go out at night and decide they're going to stick skates in the bottom of those bat boots? <laughs> I mean, he's supposed to be prepared for every occasion like he is Batman, but, I mean, that was a bit like you've literally just, like... That's lazy writing. Yeah, yeah. But in in the sixties TV show, he did have shark repellent spray. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, honest. yeah. That's true. That, but that that yeah. was all right in the seventies. I mean, in the nineties, people are expecting like yeah. dark, gritty Batman's breaking it, necks and shit. It, but it was one of those Bond moments where they just happened to have the gadget that fits the scenario. Yeah. When the room is just completely covered in ice. Um. So is there just one baddie in this one? Because I haven't seen this 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 century. Uh, well, no, you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze or Doctor yeah. Freeze, and you've got Uma Thurman as Pamela Isley, ah, aka right, yeah. Poison Ivy. Okay. And for me, Arnie is one of the problems with the film. He's just complete. It, it, in fact, it's more like Arnie as Wolf 
Rainier Wolfcastle as Mr. Freeze when you're watching it. It's like the Simpsons character of him. It's what just... makes me laugh is the way they've done his skin up. If you've literally just painted them silver and chucked glitter at him. Yeah. It just makes me laugh. I mean, don't get me wrong, they did the same with Uma Thurman on, like, her eyes and shit, but, yeah. like, that sort of way. Yeah, there's almost like a cosplay element to the, yeah. to the costume at some point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and Paul will find this ironic, of course, there's just so many puns from oh. the, the entire film. <laughs> of, of to be Paul fair, this, because... this network is full of puns, so I wouldn't worry. <laughs> yeah. It's just... In that, that opening sort of half hour, every other line of Arnie's is an ice pun or a cold pun. Yeah, it's just... And you're just thinking... Akiva see, Goldsmith that, that's, needs that's to get what, the source. That's what makes me think about the Batman films from the 80s through the 90s. If you think about it... Well, I think I've overthought it, to be honest. But if you go from the Burton films right the way through to the Schumacher films, they, to me, they all represent an era of Batman. So yeah. the 89 film is when Batman first comes on the scene. It's dark, it's gritty. He's he's ripping heads off, basically. Batman Returns is like the 50s. It's Well, no. Batman, Batman Returns is the 40s when it's a bit dark. It's post-war, World War II. It's, still, it's dark, but you're trying to give kids a bit of hope and it's a bit fun. Then yeah. Forever is the 50s. It's all bright lights, neon. We're out of the war. Hope, hope galore. And then Batman and Robin is the 60s where the TV show came in and there's ice puns galore and it's just stupid and shit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's all over the place. Uh, and it's like they just throw everything into the mix. We saw Alicia Silverstone turns up yeah. as having fled from Oxbridge. <laughs> Oxbridge yeah. Academy, you think? Not, not needed, I'm sorry. Um and you've got Alfred, he's very poorly, and then you've got this whole subplot, they're going to have to sort of deal with him corking it. Uh, in fact, he's probably the best thing in the film, Michael God. Yeah, yeah. Alf <laughs> literally because Alfred is the, the one character that survived all four films with the same bloody yeah. actor. That's the yeah. only reason. Yeah. That's the only um, redeeming factor. There's one, one little scene that didn't make me smile. There's a scene where... Um, they break in to get um, Freezy's suit at one point, and there's uh, a couple of the um, costumes from Batman yeah. Forever are hanging up. Yeah. Just to remind well, the... you that it's a sequel to that. Yeah. I, d I did like that bit, to be fair, because when I was a kid, the first Batman film, I'm ashamed to say this, the first Batman film I ever saw was Batman and Robin. Ah. Right, as a kid. And before Craig jumps in, no, I did not have my first wank to boom with Thurman's Poison Ivy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah ivy all over crusty ball sacks and everything um, and, um but when i saw that scene i was like oh that's riddler's costume and that was what made me think there's more batman films out there isn't there there's not just this mm. pile of shit and uh, yeah. that's how i went and found yeah. my love of tim burton from going backwards <laughs> and it is it's such a, a shift in tone, but it's a shift in tone from Schumacher's previous film. Yeah. I thought Batman Forever, I thought, was all right at times. There's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, save this one Lee Jones. Yeah, but this one just goes so cartoony, and it's completely unexpected when you go into it. Even from the trailers, didn't really indicate all that. No. Um, 
what else they throw in there that just is of course we get an, an early version of Bane compared to the Tom Hardy version. Yeah. Um, although the one in this is probably a bit more coherent, it makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, one the one that makes me laugh from Bane in this is when he's in the monkey costume and he just turns to him and goes, "Monkey love." And you're like, "Eh, <laughs> yeah. what?" How do you even remember that? You wanna you wanna hear what goes on in here? Honest to God, no, we don't. stuff that goes on in my brain is just oh, yeah. But yeah, so there there are one or two interesting bits in there kicking around, trying to fight for attention, like we see Freeze's wife in the big vat. Yeah, that he he sort of kept her on suspended animation, um, and also he finds out later on that Ivy does a dirty on him and tries to kill her. Yeah. Uh, so that's it, which is quite interesting, and, and it's. It's a case of, I think, two of the more interesting villains aren't served very well by this film. Because they've both got interesting backstories for me. Well, the thing is, Mr. Freeze's backstory is only the way it is in that film because of Batman the Animated Series. Mm. And the only reason they cast Arnie in the film is because of the accent they gave him in the TV sh- in the Animated Series. Mm. Mm. And also because Arnie was a big star in his own right at the time. But Yeah, yeah. 97. Was... I, I also like the bit where um, the scientist that tries to kill Poison Ivy um, is Lex Luthor's dad from Smallville. Yes, yeah, John Glover. I, lo- I, I yeah. thought that was great. He actually has got a decent turn. He's very eye rolling and screwy, yeah, yeah. you know, with the top, but he actually suits the film. Yeah. He's... <laughs> but the, the biggest thing I got out of watching it was it reminded me of a Christmas pantomime. <laughs> or, or, it's basically all you're waiting for is somebody to go he's behind you at, at one point oh, God. It, it's just it was a bit of a shot I, I, just how ropey it really is and I'm grateful that I'll probably unless I ever listen to the commentary by Schumacher at some point won't have to watch it again for a while but apparently he sort of admits in, that, in the commentary that they had an 8 year old kid on set as an advisor for apparently uh, it's basically the problem. It's a film that's made by committee to sell toys. Oh, and I think no. O'Donnell no. was quoted as saying something along those lines. So this is like the area that the era that everyone was like, right, make a film just to sell Mackie's toys and Happy Meals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah. It uh, always makes me laugh with Clooney because Clooney didn't want to do it. Yeah. He no, was you know, when he was on he Graham had... Norton, apologised for it. He had a, he had a contract with Warner Brothers. And they gave well, him a list of films. Well, he was lined up for a sequel. Yeah. They yeah, had a list of films that they gave him. They gave him a has, list has of films. Has anyone read the leaked script for the uh, Batman and Robin sequel? Batman Unchained, apparently, it was called. Yeah. yeah. It, With it, Scarecrow. It, I've never read it. But... Yeah, Nick Cage's Scarecrow. They were going to have Harley Quinn be Joker's daughter. Jack yeah. Nicholson's Joker's daughter. Yeah. Um, and Joker would have appeared in Hallucination. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, there was going to be another villain. I, I can't remember whether it was Hush or Manbat. It was one of those two. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, but it's Joel Schumacher, so... Yeah, it was... <laughs> and it, it's... They are like... They were at that same period from 89 to 97. They feel like two completely different franchises to the two mm. Burton films. Yeah. It's so different. It's chalk and cheese. Um... I'm just and so I don't sad really to say much never more got to make than a that, third one. It's just, it's just, it was an interesting experience going back and watching that again. I'll admit, yeah. 
I sort of want to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> Only you. Only you could now want to watch that awful monstrosity. I went to pictures to see it because I went to pictures to see all the Batman films. And Jeez. I think Which that's the that last time saw it, I, I guess. Seen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. One, one little note I have been on the set of Batman wow. and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you manage that? It's at Warner Brothers in LA, ah, and a lot of a lot of oh, the, the neon signs stuff. and stuff, yeah, are, are still up. They've never taken them down. So a lot of the street scenes where they're oh, running well. through on the in the Batmobile and and things like that, I actually got off the tour and and walked around the area where the the Batmobile turns around in the film, which is actually the entrance to ER. So George Clooney was oh, yeah. more or less I in exactly the same that, spot. <laughs> Batmobile reminds me of the other thing I was going to bring up briefly. Is, you know, the film doesn't start very well when the first time you see that, it's got a shiny, bright, whirly orange engine yeah. right in the middle of the, of yeah. the hood. I think, oh, God. It doesn't, it doesn't look good close up either. I've, se I've seen it close up and it's horrible. <laughs> it is disgusting. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just show... I tell anybody who had a kid who suffered from epilepsy who had a really bad time watching that film because it's just so garish and mm. so bright and oh, I don't know. It's just yeah, it's just like a horrible, horrible kaleidoscope. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I've got to say on the matter. <laughs> what marks out of ten would you give it then, Tony? Uh well, out of ten. On a good day I give it a five, but probably four. That's Four out of ten. <laughs> See, from my recollection, the last time I watched it, I'd I'd give it a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah anything there, three, four. It's it's never going to go more than that because it's just so much that's wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm afraid to tell you, it's not going to get much better for the next film. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so the next film is is mine. Um, and we're going all the way back to 2003 for mine. Wow. So another six years on from Tony's. And we're talking about the uh, Ben Affleck starring Daredevil. Wow. Now, I'd, have had, I'd have had that in the last century. I really would. Yeah, not quite. Um, but obviously we started this podcast probably because of the Daredevil TV series. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's kind of stepping back to that. But I, I watched it for the, I, I honestly don't know the last time I saw this. Um, Elisa's had it on DVD. My wife has had it on DVD alongside the Electra film that came afterwards. Um, the, the sequel as such after, after Affleck quit, um, which she tends to do these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched it. I actually watched it today in the last few hours before we started recording this, I'd put it off uh, for as long as I could. Um, so let's start going through it. I, th I thought the opening credits were quite good. Um, it's New York, but kind of made out of Braille, um, which oh, yeah. I thought was, was quite clever. Um, it's not good when that's the best thing about the movie, though. I was going to say, is that all <laughs> that's going to be good about it? <laughs> um, they used the original logo, the comic book logo, which I thought was quite good, which they didn't for the for the TV series. So that was a that was another good start. Um, I thought the aesthetics to start with were very Batman eighty nine, um, 
but that's as about as far as that goes. Um, the the look of it was was quite like that. The way the the city was built, but other than that, it it slowly went downhill from from there on. Uh, I noted from the from the credits, uh, Eric Avari was in it. Before I'd even watched it, I didn't remember that. And Tony, I tell you, we we've, we've partied with Eric Avari um, <laughs> <laughs> about eleven or twelve years ago. Um, wow! Yes. Um, but yeah, that was that was interesting. Uh, we won't go into the story about him because we'd probably end up getting sued. Um, <laughs> the the opening scene I thought was very comic book like, with him hanging off the cross on the top of the church. Oh yes, yeah, um, that was very much from the from the comic books. Um, and from then onwards, it just goes downhill. Um, Affleck's first performance when he lands in the church. Um, campy from the word go. Um, there was no grit to it at all. Um, what happened over those years to, for him to go from being an Oscar winner for his writing? I know his, his acting didn't win him anything back then, but just to what he is now is just a, a complete turnaround. Like I said with Chris Evans. Um, mm-hmm. Just a, a really different actor these days. The accident scene was really anticlimactic. Um, completely different from the comics and from the TV series. Um, he literally finds his dad beating someone up, runs across a car park, and gets hit by a a truck. Bastard. Yeah, that's just going up so and down. The, it wasn't... You're saying the only way they could have spruced that up would be if the acid or the the toxic waste, whatever you want to call it, makes the TMNTs pop up out of the stewards. <laughs> it was just just completely ridiculous. He just it, there's nothing to it. It just yeah. it runs in front of this truck, and that's it. And then he's so then he's blind. So we could see. Yeah. Okay. Was so odd version of Daredevil. I can't remember. Did he go blind, or was he always blind? No, he went blind. He went. He blind. had an accident as well, but it was just a, a whole big thing, um, okay. which they completely changed in this film. In the in the comic books and the. TV series is obviously it's the guy from the hand mm. it's stick um, that he saves and gets then gets the acid whereas this he just runs in front of the truck and the truck bursts some acid tanks <laughs> and that's it it's just really pathetic like um, yeah um, his powers come really quickly he's literally in hospital for a couple of hours and all of a sudden he can See movement. No, no. With and not even trained to do it or anything, it just happens while he's in the hospital. He can hear the hear sounds and and things like that. Yeah, (laughs) just really bad. Um, To go with that, just the origin is a complete wet blanket. Um, Just just falls apart completely. There's there's no backstory to it at all. Then we get the typical superhero training montage. Oh, Jesus. His dad is training instead to, to become a boxer again after they make a deal that if he gets healthy and boxes again and does it well and everything, then Matt would become clever and would settle down to his, his schoolwork, um, which was just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> As I said, the explanation of the powers are just really appalling. They don't even go into it. All of a sudden, he just 
can do it. Um, they also use, um, he can see movement better if it rains. And in this see, film. That was the one thing I liked about that film was the effect for his sort of quote unquote vision. Yeah, it's not not bad at all. It's just the explanation behind it is just mm. appalling. And as I say, using rain means he can see better. Well, I mean, <laughs> I kind of get better. the science behind it, but yeah, that's a bit of a poo explanation. Yeah, um, and he uses it a few times throughout the film, including the final fight scene um, oh, with Kingpin. Um, he turns on the, the sprinklers in mm. Kingpin's building. Um Stanley's cameo, um, he doesn't look any different for 20, 20 years between ah. then and, and him, <laughs> him dying. Is just he looks exactly the same in his last cameo and in the Marvel films, um, just no, no different at all. Um, I wrote down, oh, so he just learned kung fu. He, <laughs> he, started, kick, he started kicking people with no training at all and flipping and doing all sorts of things with absolutely oh, no training at all. Whereas, obviously, we get in the TV series, Stick teaches him um, yeah. just out of absolute nowhere in, a, in an alleyway. He just starts kicking the crap out of some bullies. And it's like, where the hell has that come from? Um, the boxer that is dad-faced um, was John Romita, uh, mm. obviously. Um, yeah. The big name at Marvel for a long time, and now his son <laughs> is obviously in charge. Um, so I thought that was quite clever. Um, Affleck, when he's meant to be playing blind, is just I don't even know what he's doing. He just kind of looks <laughs> to the sky and rolls his head, and it's just awful. Like, like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we all know he can see. <laughs> um, but. Then I I just wrote with three exclamation marks Favreau, I'd completely forgotten John Favreau was playing Foggy. It's one of the best things in it. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, it was just like I'd completely forgotten he was in it. Um, Getting his odd in from an early age. Well, apparently he was talking to Marvel at this point about Iron Man um, ah. while he was filming, um, even back then. Um, mention of Josie's Bar, which is obviously mm. a big. Big thing yeah. in the in the TV series. Just a quick mm -hmm. mention, nothing nothing much. Um, Matt Murdock's sunglasses are completely wrong. He's wearing like Oakley sunglasses, and I'm like, yeah. no, he's always worn round Ray Bans um, with orange lenses. So that was that was weird. I I didn't like that. Um, I thought the score was dreadfully appalling. Um, just no consistency to it at all. It just just went from one one type of song to another. Um, just wasn't coherent at all. Um, all the fight scenes just looked like stunts. There was no look of a real fight to any of it. Um, especially the fight, the first fight between Electra and, and Matt um, when they fight in the, the school playground. Um, just it looks like the Matrix, um, and the fact that it, it all looks like it's computer generated, like they haven't even tried to to touch it up. Um, See, they were probably in that era though. Like everything's brand new in computer generation, and they're just like, oh, use it, just use it, yeah. just use it. Um, 
I noted again, Ben Ulrich's in it. Um, he plays quite a, a large role. Mm. And there's so obviously we know him from the, the Netflix shows. He Isn't that Joe Pantaglia? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember his surname. Uh, I noted that the, uh, the costume's pretty practical. Um, I quite like the costume. Um, a lot better than yeah, a lot TV of the super- Yeah, but it's a heck of a lot better than a lot of the, the superhero suits at that point where they were completely oh, yeah. unpractical. He literally could unzip it and it was, it was gone. Whereas a lot of... <laughs> Batman couldn't even move his fucking head. For 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, at least he had movement and uh, and that it, it was quite good. Um, I said, "What the fuck is with the cryo tank?" At one point, he gets in a in a tank of of water and pulls a lid over the top of it um, with no explanation at all. What goes on in the tank stays in the tank. Um, but, Might have wanted the shaman. Yeah. God knows what that was well, about. Isn't it a sensory deprivation thing to just shout all the sound? Yeah, but there's there's absolutely no explanation to it. He just gets in this <laughs> in this tank of of ice and water and pulls a lid over the top of it, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> um, then I said, "Geez, Jennifer Garner." That was that hey. opening scene where her memories are on show, pretty much. Oh, oh, I nice. need to watch this film. I think. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and then I said cheesy fights, cheesiest fight scene ever, which was the fight scene between the two of them. Yeah. Um, Michael Clark Duncan, completely wrong in that role. I know why they cast him. I can understand it because yeah. he was he was the right shape. But then they played him up to be some gangster. Mm. And I said it was. It's just like watching Luke Cage twenty years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, another one. What happened to Colin Farrell? How he all of a sudden became a, a really well respected actor? Because mm. this is just, I don't know what he is. Because he certainly is. It's like if you have a graph of all the Daredevil actor careers, it's like you watch Daredevil him in, is um, their low point. You watch him in something like um, the Mr. Banks film, it's, a, yeah. it, it's oh. a completely different actor, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's we so weren't fans enough. of him until we went into that film. And we were mm. like, well, what happened to him? When yeah. when did all of a sudden he become a really talented actor? Because yeah. he hasn't been in anything I've seen so far. Um, and then I just said the villains were all wrong. None of them, neither of them yeah. were right. Didn't mm. enjoy either performance. Uh, Alan Pompeo as um, um, Karen, I thought was really good. She had a, a little cameo. Um, didn't see much of her, but I like Alan Pompeo, so that was that was quite good. Um, uh, Jennifer Garner's Electra wasn't as annoying as the one in the TV series. <laughs> I actually preferred her performance, which is is something I never thought I'd say. Um, and I also noted Kevin Smith makes a cameo in this, nice. um, and he's playing Jack Kirby, uh-huh. <laughs> which is another nice little nod. Um, and then I kind of I just I carried on watching it because that was coming towards the the end of the film. Um, as I said, I didn't like the final fight scene. I thought that was a bit pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them, in fact. Um, when Bullseye kills her um, to start with, and then the fight with, with Kingpin. Just your typical movie fight scenes, to be honest. Um, and didn't enjoy them. But, yeah, overall, not a, not a great film. Have, I, have either of you seen the director's cut? 
I have no. seen it. That was the last time I saw it. No. Yeah, it, it, that, there's a bit more about him as a lawyer in that, isn't there? Is that yeah, a whole new so. subplot? Yeah, and I believe that someone else makes a cameo in one of those those bits but as well. I, I'd like to see that cut at some point, yeah, myself. Yeah. Um, I think that's what we've got in the house somewhere. I watched it on Amazon Prime because it was just easier mm. um, mm. to fit it in. But yeah, same as you, Tony. I'd probably give it a four out of ten. Yeah. Um, and perversely, really... I need to watch this film again now. <laughs> yeah. That's just for Jennifer Garner's knackers, though. The, the, the question we got here now is when we do this again, who's going to watch Electra? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you will not. No, I mean, you cannot pay either. me to watch that. I'm not volunteering to watch another one of those films. I'm having something else no. next time. <laughs> but, so on that note, we, we move on to our next one. Um, and that would be Craig with what year was your film? 2007? 2007, yeah. I think, off the top of my head, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I went to watch it in the showcase on uh, the East Lanks. Didn't we all? Yeah. Um... Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Tobey Maguire. Now, because of this, uh, we've introduced the girls to the old Spider-Man movies. They've seen all the new Spider-Man movies. <laughs> and so this is their Spider-Man. The, you know, the new fella, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Thingy my Bob. Tom, Tom, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Holland. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And then you've got Into the Spider-Verse as well, which they both love. Mm-hmm. So it was very hard to get them to sit down and watch all three of these films. And we've just watched The Amazing Spider-Man as well. So, Spider-Man 3. Nice recap of the first two movies intro, which they seem to do on all on them three films. They showed yeah. little montages of everything mm. that's happened. Um, Peter Parker is a bit too nice. He's just... I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's a better Spider-Man than... The the second one can't remember his name either. Andrew, Andrew Garfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting good. Uh, everything <laughs> that went wrong in two is sorted in two minutes in the third. So everything, his whole life was a mess in, in two, but they all just sorted it out straight away. Man, she's stunning. I presume that's his missus. Um, <laughs> he and Harry is complicated. Just tell her. Yeah, is that me? Um, so there's this thing in all these films where they just won't tell somebody. So it's all going on, and oh, yeah, um, that webbing has come from inside them. That's when I was like, oh, um, oh here's Venom. Oh yeah, because the lion, the su- they're on the oh uh, on the uh, the sun lounge web. web thing, yeah. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, she's literally lying in his essence, basically. <laughs> 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 when you think about it, she's um, she's lying in his salty white paste. Yeah, um, <laughs> Harry and Peter. Gag about that. <laughs> <laughs> Harry and Peter was epic. Um, so. The fighting in this, I really enjoyed these two going at each other. Mm. Um, Sandman, short story, straight to the point. So you get a little bit of his backstory. Um, the reforming sand was brilliant. When you think of the dodgy graphics in the first two Spider-Man films, because it's all like the Harry Potter 
was coming out the first the same time as the first yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. And some of the CGI is a bit ropey. I thought this one has really stepped it up a notch. Um I'd be interested to see how much money they spent, blah blah blah. Uh, but killing Uncle Ben, he's totally yeah, so lazy I thought it was very lazy the plot twist. At no point do you see that this fella is there in that crime when Ben is mm. killed. Yeah. But but they just go but but they get away with it. They make you fit. But it was like, mm. oh really? Um mm. Uh, it's not necessary, peace... basically. Yeah. Um, so, so this is again from watching this. Evil Peter, I loved him. You know, he's, when he's doing his dancing and all that. <laughs> Emo. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with it because Venom accentuates. You know, so Peter Parker is or Spider Man is quite confident, and he just become a bit of an arse. Um, <laughs> But then I was like, oh, right, okay. Because, again, I've only seen this film. I think I've seen, I've seen it in the pictures, and then we've seen it in Scotland, in the Highlands of Scotland, on a tiny portable telly. And um, I just you just forget. And I was like, is Venom in this film just Spider-Man's suit? You know, is it just a black suit? Is that just Venom? Because this is really shit, this. But then... When Venom goes over onto the other fella, um, flashes it. Eddie Brock. Oh. Eddie. Eddie, that's it, yeah. Um, then he become a bit... And I wanted to see more Venom because of the Venom that we know now, the horror Venom. Mm. Um, Harry isn't a very nice billionaire. Both mates are skinned. So that really pisses me <laughs> off in all the three Spider-Man <laughs> movies. Like... <laughs> If I was a billionaire, not a millionaire, a billionaire, and I had two mates who were on the bones of their asses, one's a job and um, actress waiting on tables, and the other one gets paid from hand to mouth for photographs of himself, I'd be like, Daddy, our guys, look, here's a mansion Can you imagine each. that nowadays Peter Parker, OnlyFans? <laughs> I'm just saying. <coughs> <laughs> um, that was some whiskey bringing back oh yeah so we had the, the whiskey because he was dead nice wasn't he Harry he had the whiskey and his memory comes back and then he comes evil again uh, I've been on that bridge bad Spidey and Harry fight was brilliant oh dear dancing Peter uh, Peter wouldn't hit MJ I don't care how, how he was acting he still he wouldn't have hit her uh, Venom about time because that's when Venom turns up. It's gone like Spider-Man cartoon with all the baddies, which I thought was brilliant because Spider-Man is always in a team, or does a team of baddies going after him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the first time you really get multiple baddies. Um, oh God, poor Harry's face. History repeats <laughs> himself. Harry's dead now. Venom gone <laughs> just like that. So Venom just. I think it was a bit of fire, wasn't it? Just burnt him and he was gone. Yeah. Um, Sandman lives. So Sandman's one of the few baddies in any of the films who's allowed. Mm -hmm. He forgives him and he just allows him to blow away. So Sandman's out there somewhere. Well, he's he's down our street, to be honest, all over the fucking place, the detritus. (laughs) Um, Strange ending, I felt. I felt it was a very strange ending because it was definitely unfinished business. I thought there was a Spider-Man 4 
waiting to be made. And you boys, there was one planned, yeah. I yeah. think both yeah. in there. Yeah, um, Sam so... Raimi had written another one, and then he fell out with them because they wanted to put more villains in it. Well, I'm going to give this for me personally. Rose sitting there with the family watching it. I'm going to give this a solid six out of ten mm-hmm. because putting it in the context of watching the other Spider-Man films so quickly. So I watched all three of them within the space of a week because of the lockdown. And then we've gone on to the amazing Spider-Man, um, which is a whole different kettle of fish. Technology <laughs> has moved on so much in yeah. the in the gap. You know, the graphics in that are astronomical. Um, I, re- this, I think this film needs to be given a second chance. Yeah. Yeah. Really I've, I've always, whenever I have arguments with me mates on like shit comic book films, they always say to me, "Yeah, I didn't, I don't like Spider-Man Three. It's shit." And it's always the bog standard excuses as to why it's shit. They always say, "Too many villains. Venom wasn't done justice. What's the point in having Sandman? And uh, why would you wreck on Uncle Ben's murder?" And I'm like, as you said, Craig. Yeah, they put it in, it's shoehorned in, but it fits, so you let them off with it. Yeah, okay, Venom isn't done justice, but you see the potential. Sandman is a good villain in his own right, as other media has shown. So if they did a fourth one, maybe they could have expanded on him. And I'm sorry, but that, that Spider-Man 3 is a, is a good film. It's not Spider-Man 2 or 1 by any means, but it's a good Spider-Man film. Let's be honest, half of the MCU is shoehorned around each other. That whole um, the, the end game stuff where they're all going back in time, it's basically mm. back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Back to the future too, where they're not interacting with each other. And I'm, I even said that. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So they can make it fit whatever they want, but I enjoyed it. Like I say, solid six out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. I think, I think the problem yeah, it had was standing up. Yeah. Standing up to the the first two, I think mm. watching it so quickly afterwards that you probably look at it and go, well, it's not as good as the first two. So yeah, it's shit. But now you go back and watch it with without the rose tinted glasses on. I think um, you can probably see it for for what it is now. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So we move on to our final film. And, and it's the newest that goes to the youngest team member. Um, <laughs> we're only talking just over a decade old, this film. Not Josh. Um, but Even though I act it a couple of times. <laughs> I'll hand over to you for our final film, Josh. Yeah, so I decided to do um, X-Men 3, uh, <laughs> The Last Stand, which I haven't seen for about seven years, something like that, because... Um, the we the context of the story is we literally just bought a Blu-ray player, um. So whenever that year was, and my dad said, right, let's leg it down to the Asda in Walton and pick up like a full-on trilogy of Blu-ray films. And I said to him, well, I've never seen the original X-Men films. Let's go and watch them. So we picked up X-Men one, two, and three, and we binge watched them one night. Cause I think my mum had gone out somewhere. I think she was with Craig. And um <laughs> she, she and um Riding the Donkey. We we had a me and my dad had a great night watching them. Um and then we got to the third one, finished watching that, and we both looked at each other and went, That was a bit shit, wasn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided to watch them because I can't wait for the X-Men to be in the MCU. Um, and I decided because all three of the X-Men films are on Disney+, Plus, I'd sit and watch all three with, so I could have a bit of context. Um, love one and two. And then I started watching three and I thought, why, why did I pick this one? Like, because it's, it's, it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just that it's quite jarring to get through. Mm. Like, you sit there and you're like, can you just hurry up? Can you just do something? Can you do something? Oh, wait, something's happening, something's happening. Oh, can you just, like, hurry up and do something else now, please? Uh, I personally would put it down to the fact that it's a different director. I was just going to say, yeah. Because, yeah, okay, Brian Singer has had a couple of shit X-Men films, but when he gets it right, the man gets it right. X1 is fantastic. X2 is even better. Days of Future Past, I need cream myself in the fucking cinema watching that. <laughs> and, well, I mean, X-Men Apocalypse, like, a give or take it, but it's not brilliant. Uh, as but, we know, he didn't have much to do with that anyway. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he had a bit he had a bit, bit, a bit to do enough that makes me go, yeah. If if he's had a bit of creative influence on this, he needs to step back for a bit and look at himself in the mirror. But in terms of the last stand, to me, it's a bit of a poor excuse to just shoehorn the Dark Phoenix story in, mm. because yeah, okay, they killed Jean in the end of X two, but they literally bring her back within the first. I think it's the first 20 minutes of the film and it's only because um i can't remember the name of the actor who plays cyclops but he doesn't i, I think the story behind it was he didn't want to be in it so they said right well we'll kill you off in the first couple of minutes so you haven't got that much screen time anyway i think i calculated he had about three lines and maybe five minutes screen time in total, and that's the reason they brought Jean back. So they said, "We'll kill you off because Jean kills you, and she starts becoming the f- the Phoenix." And I'm not being funny. If they didn't have Phoenix in this story, it would be a better film. It wouldn't be on par with X One or Two, but it'd be a better film because the whole thing around the mutant cure—it's a good story. It needed fleshing out more, and they could have fleshed it out more if they hadn't focused on the Phoenix part of it it's the fact the fact that they do dark phoenix down the way yeah okay that's not a great film either but it's better to dedicate a whole film to it than just sticking it here there and everywhere over the course of one film it's just it's a shame that they ended that X-Men trilogy like that to me because a lot of people at kids really grew up with those X-Men films and then that ending as they're coming into like pre-teenhood thinking oh superhero movies shit yeah I'm not gonna watch them anymore if they make any more of them and then they get the MCU a couple of years down the line and 
they've missed out on everything in between. It's just it's a bit sad to me that that's the way the X Men went. And the thing is, there's a it's the interesting point you make there about it, especially with the trilogy where you've had the same director for two of them. Um, yeah. It's the same thing they had a little bit with Star Trek. You went from JJ doing two films to the Fast and the Furious guy doing the third one. It's completely yeah. different tone yeah. altogether. It's not like where you've had one director, the second film has a different director again, so you've already got a different tone. But when you've had two that are totally the same, the third one is a complete shock yeah. to the system. Yeah. It's a bit like we had with Batman earlier in some ways. Well, that's it. That's why I, I'm quite a firm believer in if you find the right director for a film, you keep them. You you either you either work your ass off as a studio to keep them because mm-hmm. you're obviously onto a winner money wise or automatically. But the other thing is, just for the total enjoyment factor of that's how you do that type of film. That's how you do an X Men film. That's how you do a Spider Man film. That's how you do Batman, Superman, etc. If you find a director that gets the property and enjoys working on that property. Yeah, okay, they might take a couple of risks that might not pay off, but you can always just say, oh, yeah, that didn't actually happen. Because, actually, that's a point I wanted to make with this film. They, at the end of it, they supposedly cure Magneto. They they inject him with this X-Men cure. And there is literally a scene about five minutes later, he sat in Central Park playing chess with no one. Just playing (laughs) chess with no one. And he literally puts his hand over one of the metal pieces and it goes, just wobbles. (laughs) So either they don't give a fuck about continuity or because the the, the one thing that really gripes me, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but it's Professor X's death. It's the continuity of it again. They kill him off and then they just bring him back in another fella's body. Hello, yet... Moira. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it annoys <laughs> me so much because what I noticed was in the scene where he shows that guy in the coma, that guy is not Patrick Stewart. <laughs> but he sounds just like him when you hear him. But yeah, when the fella wakes up and turns his head and goes, all right, girl, it's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> And then when you see at the end of the Wolverine where everyone freezes and Magneto and Xavier are stuck behind Logan, it's Patrick Stewart. My last memory of Patrick Stewart in X-Men is he's disin- like he's disintegrated. Side <laughs> yeah. note, Gene Grey does a Thanos snap before it was cool. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, and, um, and so I'm thinking to myself, wait, where did you come from? You're dead and you're not a mutant. So, yeah. what's going on? You've I mean, also we... got one other elephant in the room in this film. Vinnie Jones. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. I put this in our group chat, didn't I? Right. <laughs> he said the immortal line, and I near wet myself laughing. I'm the Jaggernaut, bitch. <laughs> Honest to God. Like, I get why people hate Vinnie Jones for that film. <laughs> I mean, he's redeemed himself since. Not brilliantly, but he's redeemed himself. And the way they bring back Juggernaut and redeem that character in general in Deadpool 2, it's, it's like a miracle, honestly, God. It's, it's funny, though, even in that, you still find, you try to find interesting bits. And for me, the, the one really interesting scene in that film 
is when they give the cure to Mystique. Yeah. And you spent well, two films kind of booing her as a villain. You probably did. <laughs> I don't know, several reasons. But you do actually feel for her. Even oh, though yeah. she's in this villain, you've watched yeah. the, the whole thing is taken away from her and you, you, your heart aches for the woman. Yeah. But uh, it's... It's the fact. It's the fact that like how quickly Ian McKellen turns on her as well. Mm, the second yeah. she's not blue, I'm afraid, my dear, you're not one of us anymore. Yeah. Just like, like you are, you are a cold bastard, you. Yeah, and it's generally heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is some on-point acting in this film. Logan, um, Ian, uh, Ian McKellen, Hugh Jackman, Ian McKellen, uh. Patrick Stewart. I'd say Frank Jansen in certain places. She kind of overplays the demonic shit a bit in certain scenes that make me go, ooh. Um, fella who plays Cyclops, I can never remember his name. Um, that's it. Um, like, he just needed to be put in the bin. <laughs> I'm sorry, he did. And, uh, do you, know, do you know what? Halle Berry did a good turn, to be fair. But... <laughs> Just I a mean, lot of those characters didn't get the story that they deserved. No. They weren't the characters that they should have no. been. Like Cyclops in the comics is, is a really he, strong leader. He's a, yeah, he's a cracking character. Whereas James Marsden's just a wet blanket. He's a wet <laughs> bloody ca- cabbage. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, uh... Well, that's why I hope when they bring them into the uh, MCU they do an Avengers-style build-up. They each get a solo film, and at the end of the solo film, there's Professor X coming into that house and saying, come and live in my school, let's see what we can do about this. <laughs> yeah. And then you get your big X-Men film. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think there's a way of introducing them and not having to just go straight into an X-Men film. Fantastic yeah. Four is a different story, because I think you have oh, to start yeah. with, with them together. But yeah. with the X-Men, you can easily, easily yeah. do... Solo stuff, or throw them in other people's films and and the like. So, well, per- personally, I would try and not use every character that's already been used X Men wise. I would hold off on Wolverine. Yeah, I, in- I'd go with that core that work in the school. Yeah, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't use Wolverine mainly to give Hugh Jackman a chance to say whether he definitely wants to come back or not. I don't think he will. I just got this thing in the back of my head that's saying he's not gonna um I I I go with I go with Cyclops, Storm, Beast and I'd throw Havoc in there actually. Would you bring in the um the characters out of Deadpool? I wouldn't bring Deadpool in for a start just because that's just an X rated property on its own. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, I'd oof. I'd bring Colossus in. Yeah, I'd bring Colossus in. I'd keep the same guy who plays Colossus because yeah. he's he's just funny. Um, I wouldn't do Negasonic. No, she doesn't fit. She no. doesn't fit in the MCU at all. No. She fits in Deadpool. Don't get me yeah. wrong. She fits in Deadpool. X-Force, fine. Um, I'd like to see Banshee again because I really liked him in X-Men First Class. I loved him in First Class. Um, and I'd like to see Angel. Yeah, I was going to say Angel would be my pick because that version because that I did. That's one of my other gripes about the Last Stand. If you watch 
But sorry, no. If you read the comics, Angel is a great character, as is Archangel. But he's not. He has not got anything practically to do with the Last Stand apart from saving his own father. Yeah, that's all he does in the film. It's just an injustice to me. But overall, I think I, it's not an awful film. It just needs a bit cutting and adding here and there. I give it, I give it a six. Yeah, six. That's mm. a good mark, that. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, then comparing it with X one and two, then nines and tens, possibly an eight if I'm feeling like a bastard. Yeah. yeah. They they're just brilliant films. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with those. I think I'd agree with everybody's marks tonight. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty much got. why we picked them is because of what they are, aren't they? They're they're all yeah. yeah. They're yeah, sort of less than six films. Yeah, because the th- what what I'm saying is it's a shame that we've got this absolute beautiful quality of MCU films. Yeah, okay, some of them are not as good as others, but they're all on some level great films. And then you've got these dog shit ones, like Electra, Daredevil, um, Ghost Rider 2, which we didn't talk about. <laughs> um, not time. X, X3. I mean, and to be honest, another X-Men film that's probably on a rewatch is actually all right, apart from one glaring obviousness. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. So why don't we, this time we all picked our own movies. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we in the future or next time, whenever you want, why don't everyone pick a film for each other? Oh, yeah. Now, I, I don't know any superhero films. I'll, I'm happy to take my medicine. I will watch <laughs> whatever film you we tell me to watch. With... Can we okay. please give him a lecture? Can we please give yeah, him a lecture? I think we'll decide that now. We need to. I'll do a lecture because I'll have to go and watch hey. Daredevil. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> oh god so on that note I think we we will wrap up thank you boys again for joining me no uh, that was that was a fun one I enjoyed that yeah and so don't know what we'll do next month I'm sure we'll have a conflab about it I'd like the listeners to go and watch these films and give us some feedback yeah yeah I want to know what other people think as well yeah so yeah we'll, we'll have a conflab about what we we do next month maybe we pick one that we like next month Mm-hmm. and see what everybody else thinks because yeah. some of us could pick something that's really <laughs> horrible and not yeah. not enjoyable <laughs> at all for other people but yeah. Um, yeah maybe we'll do that, maybe we'll think of something else, there's a few things that have popped up on streaming services over the last couple of weeks that might be worth a watch as well for everybody um, superhero wise, super power wise should I say mm. um, so maybe we'll look at some of that but hopefully everybody out there is keeping safe and well and we'll be back next month. So thank you for listening and see you later. Good night. Adios. Stay at home. <laughs> this podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast. Oh.